Awesome. Well, we are about to open up the Word of God. So let's get ready. I want to say thank you to our, our team this morning. Thank you. My wife's so beautiful. It's awesome. Come on. Oh, those two handsome lads, they're all right. They're all right as well. They're good. Can't leave them out. They're looking fresh. Will's looking like he's got even bigger muscles than last year. So I, didn't, I didn't think that was possible, right? <laughs> apparently it's possible. Uh, apparently it's possible. It's good. Thanks, Tim. Man, I love, I love how our church, people in our church, just, they just are engaged in serving the house. And uh, we, have a, we are so privileged, I tell you. The, 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 the level of serving in our church, it's awesome. It's awesome. I, um, I have our live stream going on my phone right here uh, because I want to see the, the, I want to see the community engaged in, in church this morning. You know, church is not something we watch. Church is not something we attend. Church is who we are. And yes, we go to a building and yes, we gather online, but actually church is the collective expression of the people of God. And so this morning, I, uh, it, it, like when, when we are watching online, let's be honest, it is difficult for us to be reminded and to see the expression of the collective. That's why we encourage you to put stuff in the chat. Okay, it's because that is the place we see the collective and we are reminded of what church truly is. It's not us as individuals watching something. No, the collective is, is what us together is. And I'm actually, I'm gonna speak on that a lot this morning. So I wanna encourage you this morning, be, be in the chat, be active in the chat so that someone else who's watching feels and is reminded that they are a part of the collective, that this isn't just about them and, and, and their individual life, but no, this is about what God has brought together as the body of Christ, the collective, the community, the church, okay? So uh, I'm going to be encouraging you to do that this week, but, um, but let's be doing that week in and week in. And whatever it looks like, Pastor Jez said earlier, we're taking January a week at a time. It's, it's okay. It's like, let's not get stressed out about that. Let's not be weird about that. That's just where we're at. It's just, it's just life right now, and it's okay. And life is going to be uh, different in a few months' time, and that's okay too. Uh, God is not suddenly off the throne. Pastor Janet always used to say, hey, remember, God is on the throne. And it's true, God is in control. I was reading this morning in the Psalms, and I was reminded that, you know what, if God doesn't build His church, the labor is labor in vain. Like at the end of the day, this whole thing is His. It's His plan. This whole thing is for Him, about Him. It's because of Him. Um, and, and you know what? A global pandemic has not changed that. It's not shifted that. And uh, I am so confident that God is continuing to bring us through this. Whatever it looks like to take the steps can be different, right? We, we want to make our plans. We want to plan one month, two months, six months in advance. But it says God directs our steps. And sometimes steps are, are very small, incremental time frames. And at the moment, our steps look like a week-to-week decision. And we're okay with that. And I want to encourage you to be okay with that, all right? We, we're going to let you know. We're going to communicate. Uh, and we're going to believe that there will be a time very soon, I, I'm hoping, very soon, where we're going to be back all together, gathered in the building. It's going to be fantastic. But in saying that, Happy New Year to everyone. 
I love New Year's. I really do. I, I, I know that it's just another, like, literally, it's no actual different day, right? Like, it's like we could, we, could, we could do the same things by waking up Monday and be like, it's a new week. It's Monday. I'm by new, new week resolutions, right? We might do better with those. We might do better with those because we don't make them so grand, right? But I love a good New Year's resolution. I like feeling like this is a new year and I get to make some changes. I'm gonna start some new things and I really subscribe to all of that. It suits my personality. It doesn't suit everyone's and that's okay. If it's not you, don't, 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 don't try, you know? Just do what you do um, and if it's just another day for you, awesome. Love that. Um, but I love New Year's and I want to wish everybody a happy New Year. But more than that, I want to encourage you. I want to, I want to stir in you. Be expectant for this year. Get a new expectancy in your heart for this year because I really believe God is going to do something uh, new in our church. He has this, uh, there's something stirring in me, there's something stirring in our pastoral team. We're excited. But here we go. Kicking off a new series with the beginning of the new year, soundtrack for summer. Uh, I, I, love, I love summer soundtracks, right? I make a playlist every year, Summer Vibes 2020, 2021, and now Summer Vibes 2022. I'm going to make that playlist for our summer holiday. And, um, you know, it's great because music is it's, it's powerful. I don't know about you, but I know there's seasons in my life where, like, if I hear a song now from the 90s, I'm immediately transported back to whatever that season of life looked like. Uh, I, I threw on a little bit of uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers the other day, and uh, please, please, just, you know, don't, don't get offended about my music choices, okay? Um, but I put on, and, and I'm like, I don't know where from the, the vault of my brain the lyrics came from, but I knew, I was, I was like, didn't miss a single lyric. I was like, I hadn't heard that song in maybe 15 years, and I was like, I'm, I'm straight there. I'm there again. Those lyrics are some embedded somewhere in the deep recesses of my brain, and they just, they just came out flowing. And um, better than a Red Hot Chili Peppers song would be if that was what happened for us with Scripture, right? Can I, can I, I'm just going to dive straight in. That if rather than being able to recite lyrics from the 90s, like just, I don't know where it came from, but there it is. It was right there. It was in my brain and out it came. What if that was what happened with Scripture? What if, what if like we talk about Scripture being a weapon, Scripture being a light, Scripture being all these powerful things in our lives, and yet for some reason we don't, we don't embed it in our minds like we do with song lyrics. So, so what we're going to do in this series is we're going to take some of the best songs ever written in all of, of, of time, right? The Psalms, who knows? They're not, just, they're not just words on a page. These were songs that were written. These were poems that were penned, in, 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 by, a lot of them by David, in, in crises, in celebration. They are some of the most most emotive, it's probably why I like them, most emotive, passionate, real passages of Scripture that we get, right? Uh, just like songs, they have this capacity to connect with our reality like a song does. And if we could do what we do with a song, with Scripture, and take it and embed it so that, so that in, in a situation where we need something powerful to come out, it's like, there it is. There's that song lyric. Like, I know, I know many of you, Psalm 23, it's like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Like, man, that's just got to come out. That's just got to be right there in our, in our minds. And so we're going to do that. 
over the next few weeks, we're going to take some of these Psalms and we are going to dig into what they are saying to us and we're going to treat them like the soundtrack to our summer. We're going to set up our year, not just to have Red Hot Chili Peppers lyrics coming out, but to have some scripture coming out of our mouths in seasons where we might need it, okay? So... I'm going to read today's scripture and then we're going to pray. Psalm 124. Psalm 124. I personally cannot seem to move out of this section of Psalms. It's called the Songs of Ascent, right? The Songs of Ascent. It's, 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 it's I don't know how many. I, I could check. I think it's like 15 Psalms. There's a, a section of them from Psalm 120 through to Psalm 135. And they were sung, uh, they were the songs that pilgrims sung right? That, I mean, that could preach alone, right? Songs that, that, that were sung while people were on a pilgrimage from one place to another in their lives, on a journey from one place to another, moving from one uh, place in their thinking to another place in their thinking. I don't know where you're, where you're planning to move from in your life this year, but from one place of breakthrough to another, that you want to work on one area of your life. But these were songs that they sang whilst they were on that journey, whether a difficult track up the mountain or, or they were journeying on the downhill that was rugged and treacherous, or I don't know where, where they sang, but I know that these were the songs they sang, and I just feel like God's been speaking to me so much out of these lately. Psalm 124 this morning says this, it says, what if the Lord had not been on our side? <laughs> that is a question. That is a question I don't think we're willing to ask ourselves very often. Yeah. What, if, what if God hadn't been with us this year? Because sometimes I think we ask ourselves, is God with us? Is God with me? Life's tough. Life's difficult. Is, uh, God, where are you? But this question starts with a different, it starts from a different decision. It starts from a different expectation. The expectation is that he was, that that was just a given. And it says, well, what, what if he hadn't been? Like, how bad could it have been? How, 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 bad, how, how bad could the 90s have been? if God wasn't looking after you, right? I know, I know how bad my 2000s could have been if God didn't have his hand on my life. How bad, what if the Lord had not been on our side? Let all Israel repeat. What if the Lord had not been on our side? Who loves a good repeated lyric in a song? Helps you, it helps like get it stuck. It's like a good chorus, right? Joel knows all about songwriting. A good chorus rhymes or repeats, right? It's got some repetition so that it gets in there. And I'm gonna talk about a good song hook later. Uh, but... What if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us? When people said stuff about you in the workplace? When the, when the media said certain things about the church? What if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us? They would have swallowed us alive. Like, let's be, let's be, I love this. David is so honest, right? David, he's so real. Yep, wouldn't have made it. <laughs> wouldn't have made it, right? They would have swallowed us alive in their burning anger. <laughs> I love how, how, like, imagery he uses. The waters would have engulfed us. I, I don't know about you, but can I be honest? There were times last year where I was like, man, I'm, 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 I'm literally, like, I gotta, I, I'm under the water, but I got a straw. And the, and the straw, I'm breathing through a straw, okay? That was, that was where things were at at certain times last year. It's like, God, thank you for giving me a straw because that is the only thing that I'm breathing through right now. The rest of me is underwater. The rest of the, the waters would have engulfed us. A torrent would have over, overwhelmed us. And sometimes I know that the influx of information and, 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 and 
just tragedy and chaos that we were inundated with last year. It's overwhelming. You could not go on social media. You could not go into the news. You couldn't switch on a TV. You couldn't walk outside. Just society itself was communicating like chaos and difficulty. And it was overwhelming us at times. And it was, yes, the raging waters of their fury would have overwhelmed our very lives. And I love this because in my Bible, there's like an actual line gap between these two things. It's like, it's like it stands out to me because it's like uh, he's written all of this. Like that, that's what would have happened had God not been with us. But then he says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, I woke up, I woke up like New Year's morning and I'm like, praise the Lord. We're like, we're in a new day. God didn't leave us last year. God didn't abandon us last year. Praise the Lord. God got us through last year. It might've been tough. It might've been difficult. And I know some of you right now, you are in bed suffering. You got sickness in your body, but praise the Lord, right? Praise the Lord who did not let their teeth tear us apart. We escaped like a bird from a hunter's trap. The trap is broken and we are freed. Amen. Our help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Come on, I can see some of you in the chat. And when I say some, I mean like four people are putting some comments in there. Come on, church, put a praise the Lord in the chat this morning because you made it through last year, right? Praise the Lord, He didn't leave you. He didn't leave your business. He didn't leave your family. He didn't take His hand off of your life. You made it through. Praise the Lord, He was with you. If He hadn't, I'm telling you, It could have got a lot worse, but praise the Lord because He was with us. All right, that's just, just, that was just my scripture and I'm getting carried away. Let's pray. Father, oh, we are so thankful for You. You are better than we can understand. You're more faithful than we can fathom. You're so good and You love us so much. And Lord, we just want to remind ourselves this morning of your goodness. I pray your Holy Spirit would speak to us today, would stir us, would set us on a course, on a trajectory for this year, Father, where we would pursue you, where we would be reminded to to, to seek first your kingdom, to align our lives, our thinking, our perspectives from your word and your kingdom and your way, Father. Lord, let your word go out this morning and bring life and challenge and transformation in our lives in Jesus' name. Come on, everyone said? Amen. Amen. Put an amen in the chat. Just do it for me, just please, this morning. Come on, I'm seeing, look, see, people are getting on the chat now. That's it. And if you don't feel like something, praise the Lord, just do the PTL. Just drop a PTL in there. Like if, it, if it's a distraction for you to comment, I get it, but it's not much to do a three-letter little thing, PTL. Or even just tap some like hand-raised emojis. Get on the emojis. They're, they're a quick engagement, uh, letting people know you're receiving, you're a part of it this morning. Little story for you. Uh, some of you know this about me. I I'm competitive. In fact, if you do like you know the, the the whole gallops strength thing, you will find out about me that my number one strength in life. Okay, it's not a weakness. My great my, my number one strength is 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 that I'm competitive. Um, now that that has many benefits to it. Okay, in that you know we won't go into it, but. Uh, that was embedded in me at an early age. Um, and I remember playing board games uh, as a family. I remember playing board games with my dad. I remember, I remember not knowing how to manage my competitive nature, 
okay? And I know some of you are very similar to me. You have this competitive nature. You've learned as you've matured how to manage it, how to use it for good uh, and not evil, okay? Um, and, and, and I remember playing Monopoly with my dad and I, I get this competitive thing from my dad and, and you know, he, he, was, he was ruthless, right? And, and, and I, he may not have thought he was being ruthless, but my perspective at the time, uh, being a young guy playing Monopoly, I... I I would end up in tears because of how, 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 how significantly I was defeated, okay? Now, part of that was probably had nothing to do with my dad. It was me just being so competitive and not being able to deal with the fact that I lost. And, and God bless Addison, I see the same competitive streak in him. Um, and I'm working with him. I'm like, you know, games are about having fun um, as well as winning. As well as winning, the fun. So, you know, if you lose, you can still get the fun bit. Um, but, you know, if you win, you get to have fun and win. So I get that there's, there's the competitive side. But when I got married, when I got married, I realized that if I was ruthless in my pursuit of winning, that, that actually what occurred was that I was losing. Now, I know, I know all of our married couples, you're going to understand this in a second, because, because if I won... If I won, we lost. And if we lost, I lost. And that, yeah. Okay, he's uh, getting, some, getting some response from the front row from my wife. But, but it, wasn't, it wasn't so much that winning was the issue. It was that I would pursue with a ruthlessness that was embedded in selfishness. Because it was all about me. It was all about me winning so significantly and so much that actually Rach really didn't enjoy the journey of the game. And so I had to learn to temper my ruthlessness so that it wasn't that I didn't win. I mean, I still like to win. Mind you, I will say this, Rach, Rach did win in Scrabble the other night. She, in fact, she, she completely obliterated me in Scrabble. Um, it needs to be known, needs to be told. But I realized that if I pursued my win at the cost of my wife, really I was losing. Really I was losing. And I realized that it was my, my love for Rach and, and, and the fact that we were now one, this idea that we were one, we were, we were together, it wasn't just about me now, that it was about us. I realized that because it was about us, I needed to change how I viewed me. I needed to change how I viewed winning because me winning wasn't what it was about anymore. Um, it, was, it was about the, the, what, what, what the game was like for us. And I might win in the end, and that's great, but what was more important was that us, that we won in that scenario because, again, if I just went after me winning, we lost, and that really meant that I lost. And so things shifted, things shifted, and, and they shifted from me to we, they shifted from I to us. And you know, I, wanna, I wanna zoom in, if I can, on that concept this morning, this idea of shifting from an I back to uh, us and from a me to a uh, we. And we see this in Psalm 124, because in nowhere in Psalm 24 does it get individual. Nowhere in Psalm 24 does it focus on I. Nowhere in Psalm 24 does David talk about me or I. And he could have, right? If we know his life, he absolutely could have. He could have written, and he does, many Psalms, right, from his personal perspective. But in this case, he is understanding that God works at a far greater perspective. God is about the us. God is about the we. And so David is writing here in this context, in this idea of what if he had not been on our side when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us. There is this us and ask this repetitive sense of something bigger than I and me. Very 
if the last 18 months have tried to do anything to us, the last 18 months have tried to diminish our perspective of life down to a me and an I. Now, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me and it's something that I'm reflecting on as I come to the end of the year that I began to, to know in my mind that I thought things like, you know what, if I just stay safe, if I just lock myself away, if I just do the right thing, like if I go to the shops, well, I'm, I'm going to wear my mask and I'm going to, you know, because I was worried about me. I was focused on me. I wanted my life and my, I wanted to make sure that my family made it through. And I didn't really worry about what anyone else was doing as long as I was in control of what I was doing to make sure that I stayed safe and I didn't and I and I and oh. That's an interesting little realization that it really started to zoom in perspective. And you know, it wasn't, it's, not, it's, not, it's not because, you know, we're bad people or anything. It, it's just what life did to us over the last 18 months. We were isolated. Physically, we lost the sense of we. Physically, we, we lost the sense of us. Physically, uh, tangibly, right? Like you would go to the shops and people are like doing these ones around people and like, well, I don't, I don't wanna, and, and you see a, a, like someone having a sneeze and suddenly like a sneeze was like faux pas in society now. And you know, all of these things and we physically began to withdraw from, from being a part of the collective sense of society. And, and, and we lost the reality of the us, not just in a societal context, but more importantly for us, we lost the concept of it in our Christianity. Because we weren't, we didn't, we didn't experience the collective, right? Like we've been online for, for, for what seems like so long now. And he, hear me in this, I love the online expression. I believe that God in, in, in His express plan has been using this year to extend the reach of the church like never before. We're seeing people get saved through our online experience. We're, like, we're seeing people still be able to gather together online. And we will, we will never stop uh, as far as I can think over the next few years. It is within our vision to continue to be online and to continue to extend the reach of victory out into the community because we believe that, 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 that our expression of church within the, the wider body of Christ is significant and has purpose and value and those sorts of things. But, but what it did was it caused us to forget that we aren't an I in the kingdom of God, but that there is an us that is the kingdom of God. And that God has always been about the us. He's always been about His nation, His people, and those sorts of things. And this year has, has caused us maybe to, to, to lose that a little bit. Okay, this, this is concerning because I'm still on my first page. But here, here, here's some things. Success became my survival rather than our impact. It became more, I became more important than what I am in the us. I'll say it again, success became my survival rather than our impact. And I became more important than what I am in the us. Even our focus in terms of God became about me. You know, God protect me, God heal me. And I know that's a part of having an individual relationship with God, but I feel so strongly at the beginning of this year that we need to, to focus and call out the reality of the us. Psalm 124 reminds us, right? It reminds us of the us-ness of Christianity. 
It reminds us of the us-ness of our relationship with Jesus, right? We don't get discipled alone. We don't find purpose alone. These things are found because we are a part of the collective community of believers. We're discipled in community. We find purpose in community. Those things are about the us, right? All through the Old Testament, time after time, God's plan is for the us, His people, His nation, right? Even in the New Testament, it's about His church. And yes, individuals are called at times to rise up, but it's never about them. It's never about their purpose being about them. Their purpose is about the us. It's about guiding the us, leading the us, or or, or, or having an impact in the us for the betterment of the us. Right, the judges throughout the Old Testament, they were actually all for the betterment of the, the nation, the people, the, the, the God's holy collective. And 1 Peter 2 reminds us of this. This is great language. This is great language, right, in 1 Peter, because it says this in 1 Peter 2, verses 4 and 5, it says, You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but He was chosen by God for a great honour. And you... Those that came to Jesus, all of us that have come to Jesus, you are a living stone that God is building into His spiritual temple. Now, I know, I know also Romans says, you know, you, your, your body is the, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that's true. There is an individual nature to this. God is in each one of us, but it is always about the collective us. God is always about His nation, His people. And you know, I began to think about this. I began to think about being a brick. One day I'm going to preach a series of all the things that we are in Scripture and none of them are glamorous, right? Like, I'm just a branch. And here, I'm just a brick. We like to think that we're the tree. <laughs> or we like to think that we're, you know, I'm, I'm the temple. Well, yeah, I know, I know Romans. But really, in God's grand scheme, you're just a brick. You're just a brick. That's it. Sorry if that deflates you at the beginning of New Year, right? You've got these grand plans and dreams and resolutions. I love it. Go for it. But actually, let's not, let's not get an overdeveloped sense of our self-importance because in God's kingdom, it's not all about us as an individual. His purposes are about the us of us as a collective. And so we're a brick. And as an I we get focused on how good a brick I am, right? And we're all about, hey, oh God, like, just can you just take that little, that little spot out of, out of me as a brick? I just wanna be a perfect brick. I wanna be the best brick. I wanna be a brick on a pedestal that has its brick life all sorted out. No, I got no weaknesses as a brick. And I got no, and we're all focused on, 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 on all of that. But the truth is we could become the perfect brick where we've worked so hard on all of our issues and all of our things. And the truth is that a brick over on a side fulfills none of its purpose. Because a brick by itself doesn't build a building, but a brick is made for the purpose of becoming a part of a wall. A brick is never made to be alone. A brick is made and designed and formed with the whole idea and concept that it would find itself in, in being a part of something bigger than itself. You know, no one goes and looks at a brick and thinks, that's a lovely brick. No, someone thinks, let's build something with the brick. Let's get all the bricks and build a magnificent building that shows the glory both of what the brick can bring to that context, but also this is going to show the handiwork of the builder, 
right? We like to think we're the builders. We're not the builders. God is the builder. And He is using each one of us as bricks to build a temple, a collective that is going to tell the world that He is real and glorious and magnificent because they're going to see all of these bricks that have little elements of dysfunction and little things and weaknesses in them. But God has taken all of them and God has put them all together. And together they show His glory and His forgiveness and His magnificence. And I'm telling you, when we understand the power of the collective to show the glory of God, we will run to find our position in the wall. We will run to find our place in the building because we know the building is better than the brick. You know, a brick isn't a building, but the builder will use every brick. We all find our place, our purpose, our our, our passion, our position. We find all of that when we realise we're a brick in God's hands for His building and His building is the collective people, the body of Christ. It is the church. And you know, if you see yourself in the us, then what God is doing in the us and for the us, He's doing in you as well. So when God is building His church, He's doing it by building you. And this is where if we as a church get to move forward, if if we have the provision of God, if we as a collective see the blessing of God, that means it's on you. But if we just focus on it being on me, then then, 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 then we've got too small a perspective. But what we've got to realise is that when, when we understand that we're a part of the art, and God says, my hand is on the church, I'm blessing the church, then you are a part of that and you get to be in that blessing. And so we don't have to focus just on us, we get to be and celebrate being a part of the us and know that all of the promises that God places on the us rest also on me. That's why we did our dream cards as a part of vision, not because we wanted you to think that you could pursue this individual thing or that somehow you were buying a miracle. That is not true. That's not what Scripture says. But we know that if we commit to the extension of the kingdom of God, if we, if we, we know that if we commit to seeing the us move forward according to God's plan, that we would know that because He's blessing us and He's growing us, that that will trickle down into what is in the me part of my life. And so we can, we can have a dream that we believe for and know that because God has His hand on His church, then He has His hand on you. I'm a brick, but we are the house of God. It's not what I do or get, but what I do, sorry, sorry, let me say that again. It's not, it's not what do I get or what do I do, but it's that I am found in us and therefore what I bring is about us. And so when we serve within the community of believers, whether that's here on a Sunday or, or, or the Victory Center, or, you know, when we, when we bring our serve, it's not about what I do. Our serve is about the us. It's about helping the, 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 the us be expressed in, in more of its fullness, right? Like giving, when we, when, we, when we give our tithe, it's not about me bringing my tithe. No, it's about the giving is about the us. It's about all of us bringing the expression so that the us can be what God has planned for the us to be, right? inviting someone is not about me it's not what I'm doing it's not like let's get out of that minuscule perspective and see that actually inviting is about the us because it's building and bringing in the bricks that God is planning on building you know scripture says that no one comes to God unless they're first drawn by him 
He's planning to have that brick and that brick and that brick. And when you invite, you're simply partnering with God's bigger plan to build the full expression of the community of believers. We gotta understand that our, this is about our, our and us and we, our party together on a Sunday. Right, our celebration, if you don't like that language, our celebration of being found, of being formed as a brick in his house, our celebration of what he's done in us so that we could be a part of us. It's, it's our table gatherings, right? It's not just me doing something, but it's about us. It's about the expression of the collective. Right? It's that you are a part of us. And when us is our perspective, we get to praise even when it's painful in I. Even when it's painful in me and my life, the fact that God is, is moving in the us, we can find a perspective to praise and to celebrate. We are a collective. We are the body of Christ and the Lord is on our side. And I promise you I'm gonna land this plane real soon, real soon, but we've got to, I wanna remind you right now of the things. Your Psalm 24 says, 124, it says, if God had not been on our side, yeah, it would have swallowed us, would have engulfed us, it would have overwhelmed us. And so much of that feels like a reality for last year. But can I remind you of something? God is on our side and God has been on our side. And I want to remind you of some of the things that He's done, right? First of all, He's brought our church through this pandemic year in such a place of strength, in such a place of strength. We have expanded to having an online service and an in-person service. We did that once at the end of last year, December 12, but God has expanded us to that, that sense of expression. I'm telling you, we're financially within the context of our church and Ush and the Victory Center. God has blessed us. He has been doing incredible. He's bringing in grants from around the place. It's amazing to see the Victory Center begin to flourish in its expression in the community. We're seeing people's testimonies of their dream cards being fulfilled. We are seeing Ush continue to expand in its numbers. That They're doing better than ever for next year, for sorry, this year now. This year, our numbers in our Ush services are better than ever and we are opening a new service. And I know this almost feels like we're casting vision right now, but actually we're celebrating what God has already done. Victory Center has seen nine decisions at its Christmas party. That is ridiculously worth celebrating. We've seen two people baptized in a year where we weren't able to gather together for most of it, we're still seeing people commit their life to Jesus, make a public declaration through baptism and see God's life change. We've seen people healed. We've seen people go through the journey to get married in our community. We've seen miracle babies get born and are about to be born. We are two miracle babies that are about to be born this month alone in our community. I am telling you, God is for us. God is moving in His church and if you are in His church, then God is moving in you and through you. God's blessing is on us. God's hand is on us. And God is continuing to provide for us. I'm telling you, if He wasn't, COVID would have had its way 
the enemy would have had its way. Isolation would have had its way. Decision fatigue would have had its way. Businesses would have gone under. We would have succumbed to panic and stress and anxiety. And yes, they were at the door. And yes, the waters were rising. And yes, we felt like these things would have overthrown us if God had not been with us, but He was. And therefore, we will praise the Lord. We will celebrate His faithfulness. We will declare His goodness. And we will lift up His name above all things because we are still standing. We are still moving forward, not because of me, not because I, but because God has us in the palm of His hand. I'm telling you, He has His whole church and that means He has every brick. He has the whole building, which means He has you. So here we go. This is, I'm landing, I promise, I promise. I told you I would wrap back around and talk about how every good song has a good hook. And my challenge for every one of our preaching team, I'm giving it to you right now. Sorry, it's not in advance. But I want you to land your message every week in this series with a hook. One thing that our people are gonna be able to take away. And here it is for you this morning. This is my hook. Every good song has a hook. It's a thing that stays in your memory. It's a thing that rattles around. It's a little thing that is like, it's kind of melodic, but it's also catchy. Cause, and I'm, not, I'm no songwriter, I promise you that. But this is my best go at a hook. Here we go. If you write anything down, this message, this is it. Here is your first soundtrack songs hook for summer. It's not just me, it's we. It's not an I, but an us. It's not just me, it's we. It's not an I, but an us. And I believe that 2022 is the year of eyes seeing that God has positioned them in the we to create the expression of us. You know what? Last year, we said our vision was that we would be a home for hope individually and a home for hope collectively. And I'm telling you, we are moving into a season this year where we are gonna see something erupt in that arena of the collective. There is a shift coming. There is a revelation about what it looks like to be the collective, for every one of us to understand the usness of the call that God has placed on our life to be His church and the full expression of it. And I wanna pray for you this morning right now that you would receive something of that revelation right now, that you would begin to talk to God about it, asking Him about it. What does it look like for me to be a brick in the wall? How do I fit in the wall? How do I help be me in the us so that the us can see its full expression, that the glory of God would be in the house and seen because of what it is. So come on, let's pray right now, church. Receive something this morning. God, this is all your plan. This is what you've been building since the beginning. And Lord, I wanna pray right now for every person that calls victory their home. I pray that they would begin to see how you've positioned them to help victory actually be victory. That victory is us. It's all of us being the part 
the position, the purpose that you've called us all to. It's finding the beauty in being the brick that you have created us to be and fashioned us to be. That if it's a corner, it's a corner. If it's a spot above a window, if it's a whatever it looks like, God, you formed us, you made us, you gave us all gifts, passion, skills, abilities for the purpose of being that particular brick in your building the church. God, I pray prophetic images right now would begin to flow in people's minds. I pray purpose would begin to stir in people's hearts. I pray life would begin to flood people's spirits in Jesus' name.